Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome to what is now episode 5 of the Locked On Knicks podcast. I'm your host, Jared Dubin. Joining me today is a sports writer for Vocative and a self-described stupid Knicks fan, one of my good friends, Robert Silverman. Robert, what's up, man? Hey, Jared. Thanks for having me. It's no problem. We're, uh, we're going to talk some Brandon Jennings because ESPN's Mark Stein reported that the Knicks are signing him to a one-year deal uh, it was later reported by, I believe, Vince Goodwill that the deal is worth $5 million. Uh, on that front, there's a, some, some wonky math going on because three different cap sites have different information. So let, I just want to run that down real quick before we start talking about the deal. Um, the, the cap figures at Yahoo Sports have the Knicks being able to squeeze on Jennings' $5 million contract by about $200,000 if they waive Derek Williams. Or not if they waive him, if they renounce their their uh, their rights to him, renounce his cap hold. The, uh, the, the cap numbers at Basketball Insiders have the Knicks being able to fit Jennings at his $5 million. If they renounce Williams, uh, they have him being able to do that by $150,000. But the cap numbers at Spotrac have the Knicks coming up $500,000 short of being able to fit Jennings onto their cap if they only renounce Williams. So if Yahoo and Basketball Insiders are right, then they can do it and still go over the cap to re-sign both Lance Thomas and Langston Galloway and potentially bring over somebody like Willie Hernan Gomez uh, with the room exception, which is about two, starts at about $2.9 million and can either be for one year or two years. But if the cap numbers at Spotrac are right, then they'll have to renounce their cap hold on either Galloway or Thomas. They'll be able to re-sign the other one by going over the cap and then still be able to use the room exception to bring back or to bring over Hernan Gomez if they want to. So a little bit of confusion there. I'm going to keep asking some people around the league to see if I can get more firm information on it. And if I do, I'll just post that on Twitter that this podcast will probably be up by that time. That said, what do you think? Me? Little old me? Um, I think it's a good deal. Uh, I mean, at that price... Your voice year, went up an octave there, so I can't tell if you actually think it's a good deal or not. Damn, I, I, got, I, got, I got snickered by the Seinfeld octave rule. Yeah. That always happens. Guardedly, I think it's a good deal. Considering what backup point guards are going for uh, in this brave new modern NBA world, um, that one year for Brandon Jennings is totally fine. Yeah, uh, he's going to be making... Uh, around 5.3% of the cap this year, yeah. which is not very much at all. No, it's not, and that's that's fine. Um, he is another player of a type that they've acquired this year, which is very high name recognition value, um, also coming off a very, very, very frightening Achilles injury, and shot 368 from the field last year. Yeah. Uh, which and was not the greatest shooter in the world 
before the injury. No, I think he's a 390 career shooter. Um, Somewhere around there. Yeah, he said, I think, one year where he topped 400. Uh, and he does tend to be another ball-dominant guard who isn't known necessarily for his passing skills and doesn't really spread the floor uh, or really play much defense at all. Um, it's a very Nixie move, I'll say that for them. Um, but, you know, again, for the price, I don't think you can quibble with it. Uh, I, I just no, don't I don't think it. you can either. You look at the, the numbers other backup point guards are getting, you know, Jared Bayless got, um, you know, three years, $27 million. Right. Ish Smith, three years, $18 million. Um, DJ Augustine, four years, $29 million. Um, just looking through. Del Vado- or I guess Della Vadova is probably going to start. Yeah. Um, Ramon Sessions, Sessions was two years, $12.5 million. Uh, even someone like Tyler Johnson, who's probably going to be like a, you know, a co-starter with Jeremy Lin, got right. a whole lot of money, four years, $50 no. million. Obviously, you know. Who's out there, I think it's a, it's totally, it's a great, it's, it's a, it's a very good value signing by Phil Jackson and company. Um, yeah, I think this is probably the best value they've gotten of anybody they've signed in free agency, and I'm not sure it's particularly close. Yeah. Oh no, without a doubt. Uh, I, I. Again, uh, you know, my, I have larger questions about what the Knicks' strategy and the way that they've chosen to build this offseason and the way they've chosen to utilize assets like Lopez and Grant and how they think it will, how they thought and still think, obviously, it's best to maximize those assets. I, I have no idea if that's the right move or the wrong move. My, my gut instinct is to say there was a smarter way to go about this. Um, but that said, it's going to be a weird-ass team, man. It's going to be a fun, weird team. And yeah, I'm, look, it, it should be nice to not have, like, presumably not have to watch actively terrible basketball. Yes, that would be fun. I, know, I like that. I, and, and all these are guys that I've sort of rooted for in various ways. I like Derek Rose. I've always liked Derek Rose. And and Joe Kim Noah is that classic guy who you absolutely loathe when he's on the other team. And oh, did I loathe Joe Kim for all the years that he was this taunting, irritating, grating best with the Chicago Bulls. But now that he's a Nick, I'm going to love him. I know that. Uh, he's going to be like, I would imagine, very much like Oakley-like, where everybody that ever rooted for another team hated him. But, you know, Raptors fans loved him when he was on their team. Bulls fans loved him when he was on their team. And we all know Knicks fans loved him when, when he was on the Knicks in the 90s as well. I Noah, watched you know, Charles Oakley cooking shows. That's how much I still love Charles Oakley. I, I, I freak out every time he posts something on Twitter. It's unbelievable. Oh, it's great. With, he posted a picture of his very good dog wearing an American flag bandana, I believe, earlier today. That's and incredible. that was the highlight of my day so far. With Jennings, obviously, you know, there's there's a couple considerations here, I think. You know, the, the first is that he himself, uh, much like the Knicks starter at point guard, um, has an injury history that could could charitably describe as not, not great. You know, he was very durable prior to two years ago. But two years ago, during the 2014-15 season, he tore his Achilles. Uh, nobody has come back from that injury and been the same quality player as they were before. I mean, every single person that's had that injury has been worse afterward. And Jennings was a guy that, you know, very dependent on his ability to get wherever he wants on the court because he's not the greatest shooter, especially off the dribble. So a lot of his value came from, you know, attacking the basket and being able to get get to the rim or force guys to commit to him to be able to create passing lanes. 
Uh, you saw him be able to do some of that last season, but teams knew that he didn't quite have the same amount of burst. So, you know, a lot of times they would sag off of him, and his turnovers skyrocketed. Uh, especially uh, there was that uh, one game that Orlando played late in the year against the Knicks in which Jennings got a lot of time and even the Knicks knew how to sag off and let him launch 20 I'm pretty games. sure that was his first game back. Yeah. That that yeah. game against the Knicks if I'm remembering correctly. Um but again, you know, he shot 36.8% last year. His career high is 41.8%. Um you know, only in 2 years has he shot uh, above average from beyond the three-point line. His yeah. first year, and then the year he got hurt with Detroit. Um, obviously, last season got traded uh, to Orlando midway through the year in the Tobias Harris deal. Um, you know that said, he is still 26 years old, so he has you know a long time to be able to prove that he can come back from that Achilles injury. And you know because of Rose's history, they did need someone that could be at least a capable starter in the event mm-hmm. that Rose misses games because. That is almost definitely going to happen oh, at look, some if point. If you're getting, if you get 65 games out of Derrick Rose this year, the Knicks should be thankful. I think that would be considered a good year. Right. Or a he solid played, year. I think, 66 last year. That was the most he had played, obviously, in like five years. Um, he played 61 combined the three years before that. Yeah. You know, so it's it's almost definite that he's not going to play 70 games or so. So you need somebody that can start. Uh, during that time, Jennings can at least do that and, and move the ball a little bit, get himself moving toward the hoop. Um, pick and rolls, I think, you know, are, are are good for him, especially if you have somebody that can really draw the defense away from him, which, you know, in Milwaukee he didn't really have. In Detroit he did have Andre Drummond, and, you know, in that second season that he was there, he was playing better than he did in the first year. Oh, you know, without a doubt. You know, 36% from three, which was the second highest of his career. Um, still not shooting very well from inside the arc uh, in, during that season, and especially around the basket. You know, he's never exactly been the best finisher around the basket. Right. But, you know, if you can draw guys not only away from Jennings, but also away from the rim uh, with the Porzingis pick and pop, that could be something that might work pretty well for him. Especially oh, I, I, if they're. I agree. Uh, Especially if they're in smaller lineups and Noah's guy isn't sitting right near the hoop. Right. You know? I mean, spacing is going to be a little tricky at times with the starting unit. Um, I'm interested to see how much of Noah's, I know we're talking here about Jennings, but I'm interested to see how much of Noah's offensive game can bounce back because shooting less than 40% at the rim is, is considered bad, I believe. Um I yeah. have to really crunch the numbers, but I think that's just bad. No, I can confirm that's bad. Okay, good. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, I, I think if, if teams can re- feel like they can totally ignore Noah, even with Porzingis and Courtney Lee and Carmelo being, let's say, knock on the wood above average three-point shooters, and that depends on a bounce back here from Melo and Porzingis upping his three-point shot a little bit more. It's still going to get a little clogged because teams are going to still sag off Rose a lot to try to keep him from getting to the rim, too. So it, the, the paint could be a little clogged at times with that starting five. Yeah, that's, look, you know, Lee is a very good shooter, but not necessarily one that has a ton of gravity. You know, a yeah. lot. some of the reason that he's a very good shooter is because, you know, he's not a guy that's the top option typically 
on his team, and you know those guys wind up open uh, a good a good amount of the time. And he'll make defenses pay for leaving him open, but he also won't necessarily you know draw defenders out of the paint. You know they're he's going to be. No, teams will, teams will say, okay, Courtney you, you go beat us. Right. And we'll live with that result. And look, if Carmelo, in, you know, I believe in three of his five seasons, five full seasons uh, with the Knicks, has been an above-average three-point shooter. In two of them, he has not. Um, you would hope that he could get back to being at that level. And yeah. with Porzingis, you know, he obviously has a very smooth, very repeatable stroke. Should develop eventually, if not this year, into an above-average, if not elite-level three-point shooter himself. Our friend Chris Herring at the Wall Street Journal uh, wrote a great piece last year about how European guys typically take a year and sometimes more to get their three-point percentage up to the level uh, that, that, that we become accustomed to when they're considered good shooters. You know, the one guy that wasn't able to do it, surprise, surprise, Andrea Bargnani. Um, <laughs> it always comes back to Barks, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, uh, guy, but guys like Dirk, Peja, Calderon, uh, a bunch of other guys, uh, even even somebody like Sergio Rodriguez, who now is, is back in the league. Um, I'm excited about Sergio. But back. He did not shoot well his first year and then shot better from three after that, uh, even though he wound up leaving the league, but now he's coming back. So typically those European guys do shoot better from three, so you would expect Porzingis to get there too. And but, just his natural progression as a player and, and becoming accustomed to the league right. and getting stronger. And against if like, you can get three guys in your starting lineup that are above average shooters, yes, that should help your spacing a lot. But yeah. teams know Derrick Rose wants to drive, and they know that he's not a good outside shooter, and you know they know <coughs> excuse me, that, that Noah is not a great shooter beyond the immediate area of the basket, and last year not even at the immediate area of the basket. So there, there could be some space challenges, sure. And and that's true whether it's Jennings or Rose at the point. Yeah, that's that's my... I mean, look, you're not going to find a point guard for six for $5 million on a one-year deal who can both A, shoot, B, run an offense, and C, get some dribble penetration, and D... Um, play defense? Play defense for that price. For the amount of money that they had, you weren't going to do that, but... That human does not exist. So, so just yeah, quickly you know. to address, uh, just so I don't forget, um, what, we're, what we're discussing at the top about the, the cap issues, Bobby Marks, the former assistant GM of the Nets, who is now uh, a writer and analyst for The Vertical, says that the Knicks can fit Jennings uh, by only renouncing Derek Williams. Although, you know, it should be noted that his numbers are probably the ones that are going up on Yahoo. Yeah. But um, yeah. Look, well, let's pour one out for the Derek Williams era in New York. We got one year of, 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 of whirling dervish play in which you never knew exactly what was going to happen and could be thrilling, but was usually just sort of an out-of-control, seeming drunk trying to teeter through traffic. <laughs> it was fun. It was really fun is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, look, Derek Williams was a fun guy. He was very athletic. Yes. Um and, and he was good to talk to in the locker room. I liked him as a person. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 the times that I got to interact with him. He was not necessarily someone that you needed to bring back. Um, you know, forced to choose between him and Lance Thomas, I'll take Lance Thomas. Oh, every day. 
every single time and twice on Sunday. Uh, I think what's interesting, though, is, is uh, and that someone pointed this out on that fine website, twitter.com, uh, is that if, say, I know we're jumping ahead a couple steps, if the rest of the eight-man rotation is, is filled out with Jennings, uh, presumably Galloway and Thomas, and you get a dash of Herman, Hernan Gomez in there here and there, Knicks are going to play small a lot. That's yeah, that's well, and Justin Holiday, you can factor in there too. Justin Holiday, also, yeah. And their their two um, partial guarantee guys are uh, whichever you know, Fredo Plumley from Duke, <laughs> and um, and Ron Baker from Wichita State. Ron, so, Ron, kids love Ron. Um, yeah, the the Knicks summer league team is really bad. Have they broken fifty points yet? I don't know. I'm not actually watching those games, but I saw that they lost their first game by like 31, lost the second game by 29, and they scored under 50 in both games. So yeah, they're, they're, they ain't good. They, they're, they're, not, they're, not, they, they're lacking in basketball talent. They, they are the 2014-15 Knicks of summer league teams, apparently. <laughs> Look, the Knicks have had some really good summer league teams, and it's very rarely translated into actual... Last year they went into the summer league playoffs, I believe. Yeah, they're good. In Vegas. Yeah, they were a good team. Uh, I remember all those great Nate Robinson-led summer league teams. Nate Robinson, who's had his jersey retired by the Las Vegas Summer League. That's how good he was there. <laughs> That's true. I remember the first time the Knicks went to summer league with that team with with uh, Nate Robinson and David Lee mm-hmm. and uh, whoever else was on those teams. My parents wound up... Channing Fry also. That was a Channing Fry year. Channing Fry as well. My parents were in Vegas at the time of... Uh, of that summer league, and they saw those guys walking around the casino, and they were like, why are all these guys here? They're playing basketball the next day. And I was like, because it's Vegas. Like, what are they going to do? Good times. Ronaldo Bachman was another Knicks summer league. Oh, Ronaldo Bachman. Marty Collins. Marty Collins. I I will say, I did make a, a bet with my roommate from law school for $1, that uh, that John Shire from Duke would wind up playing more NBA minutes than Marty Collins, and uh, I'm gonna need John Shire to make a comeback at some point because he never wound up playing any minutes in the NBA. John, I thought John Shire could be a quality point guard. I still I'm still waiting for. Uh, He's an assistant at Duke now, so. Yeah. <laughs> I, there there are a couple of like really goofy looking white dudes who I will occasionally be like, yeah, I'm gonna pull for that goofy looking white dude. Um, which which has led to a lot of Novak standing and Cole Aldridge standing on my part. Yeah, I don't even like Duke, and I was like, I was just like, this guy has to be better than Morty Collins, because, <laughs> because who's not like the Nick tradition of, of of slightly tubby, unathletic point guards is a is a very proud one. Oh, it's a very very long tradition. Uh, Goes back to well, to Charlie Ward and Mark Jackson and Ray Felton. Yeah. And Frank Williams. Frank Williams. Oh my God. Frank Williams was an outstanding. A little bit overweight. There was a guy in the 80s, you may not recall, named Ed Sherrod, who I remember thinking when I was a little kid. Yeah, I don't think I was alive yet for him. No, you weren't. Um, but I always thought about Ed You know, if he could just trim a few pounds, I thought he could be really good. I did not feel that way about Ray Felton. You know, Ray Felton... Uh, I, oh, boy. Ray Felton remains one of my all-time... Uh, I, I just like I, 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 I do not think he's a good professional basketball player but I like Ray Felton I will cape for Ray Felton any day you like him like in what sense 
I don't know. There's something, there's an aesthetic quality about the fact that he really does look like a penguin. And watching him sort of waddle around and flopper around out there, he looks totally unequipped to be a professional athlete. And then on, you know, rare fleeting moments, he's actually able to do that. Right, like when he completely took over that series against the Celtics a few oh, years yeah. ago. Oh, like yeah. They, they literally could not stop him. And then he was guarding Paul Pierce on free throw line post ups. Yeah, yeah. They were Ray, Ray Felton shut down the truth. Or when uh, Felt, Felton was taking it to the to uh, the Thunder in last year's playoffs when he was with the Mavs. Yes, he was. Again, you'll have the occasional moment where Ray Felton looks like a average to above average NBA point guard. Those moments are few and fleeting, and that's why I enjoy them so much. <laughs> I feel you. Anyway, Brandon Jennings. I was having flash. I was having nightmares that the Knicks were going to sign Ray Felton to a one-year deal and bring Ray Felton back. Two uh, two more things that I want to point out, uh, both of which I like. Number one, Brandon Jennings is a lefty. Always cool to have lefties on the squad. Not least because I myself am a lefty. Well, um, second thing, the best part of this deal is that it's only for one year. You know, there's there's no downside risk here. Yep. Um, it doesn't cut into their 2017 cap space, and it seems like this is something that I discussed uh, with with Brian Giberman on the last podcast. That you know, it's very possible that they're sort of giving Hornacek's offense a test run with with point guards that a lot of people know uh, and, and can do some work off the dribble before they decide what they're going to do with their point guard position next year. Yeah, that's definitely possible. Uh, I'm interested to see what their offense looks like. Uh, again, I think I've learned at this point, never listen to a single word that Phil Jackson ever says, because it's not going to be the truth. The man is a master troll. He is an apex troll. Uh, what that means for the quote-unquote geometric-shaped offense that we know and love, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. They've been running a lot of it in practices. It's It seems like that's what they're running in summer league, although... The team is so bad; it's almost impossible to say. Sure, and look, Cle Anthony early said they're running it. Yeah, uh, but uh, that they're trying to get more early offense. But you know, considering Cle Anthony early hasn't been able to get on the court the last two years, it's entirely possible that he doesn't know. Yeah, it's very possible that Cle Anthony early is also just just talking out of his butt. Um, I, I don't know because Derrick Rose and Brandon Jennings are the antithesis of what a triangle point guard usually is. Yes. So, what will they run? Uh, I don't know. But um, I really wouldn't listen to anything Phil Jackson says about it. Uh, I'm excited to see what Hornacek does. I think he's a smart basketball mind uh, with the ability to be innovative. And, and I hope that he has the freedom to do that without necessarily being jammed into, again, a geometric-shaped box by the yeah, power. I would imagine it'll be some sort of triangle-infused offense. And like that that when they devote or when they uh, when they go into a base set in the half court, you know whether it's after they try to get their early offense or after they run a quick pick and roll or something like that, then uh, then they'll go into the triangle. Sure, that, um, that could work. Although the triangle infused offense sounds like an incredibly crappy dish at an overpriced um, uh, artisanal slow foods movement restaurant somewhere in Brooklyn. And I do not want to eat it, is what I'm saying. I don't think that I would go to that restaurant either. No. Not, not even I wouldn't order that. I don't think I would go to that restaurant. No, I would not even like their photos on Instagram. That's how much I shun that restaurant. Oh, God. 
Yeah, I know. Oh, like, hard line here. That's, that's you, my you know who would go there now is my dad. He like so my dad is a uh, a very or was I guess now a very large man, but he has lost uh, thirty pounds in just over a month oh, by right. com- completely changing literally everything he eats and. I went to dinner with my parents last night, and my dad was ordering this stuff I've literally never seen him eat before. So, he probably would go to a place like that, even though he never would before. On, on a slight side note, you know, I, I've been enjoying what the Nets are doing. I think they're having a very smart off season. Um, and and Look, uh, it's, it's not a surprise that Sean Marks goes there, and all of a sudden they get smart. Yeah, yeah, shocker. Um, but uh, I was speaking with uh, Ben Collins, who's an editor and a reporter for the Daily Beast, and he described them in a way that I think is really smart. Uh, he said they're eating their vegetables, and, and it's true. The next, yeah, uh, the next I like that. Of, the next still have a lot of weight to lose. Uh, in fact, you could probably describe them as being morbidly obese, future assets and draft picks-wise. Or maybe it's more like, it might be the opposite, like they're emaciated because they have... You know, nothing on them going forward. Right, right. The Knicks are anorexic who are starting to slowly learn how to treat their body right and eat in a way without this horrible body dysmorphia, I think is a metaphor we could use. Yeah, it's a pretty disgusting one, and maybe we shouldn't be using it, but it's somewhat (laughs) accurate. Um, My my actual favorite thing, just to bring it one last time back to Brandon Jennings, is that it does bring full circle, and and, and one Joseph uh, K. Flynn from Posting and Toasting mentioned this also on Twitter.com, which is that this does bring full circle the great J.R. Smith, Brandon Jennings, Twitter war of uh, Ah, November 2013. See, I thought you were going to say that it brings full circle all of those Knicks fans who went crazy when they didn't draft him yeah. in 2009. That, too. It's really a, it's, it's really a trick. It's not so much a, a, a player signed for a short-term deal to fill out a need as it is a healing. It's a coming together. Or you could even, you know, I, I, think, I think we can all get behind that, that finally all the warring Knicks factions will be able to join hands and, and sing kumbaya and sprinkle magic fairy pixie dust as they troll through the tulips. Well, yeah, well, there will still be arguments about this. There will be the the side that says, yeah, this is a good short-term rental to be Derrick Rose's backup point guard. And then there will be the side that says, you know, the Knicks are going to win the Eastern Conference now because because they got Derrick Rose and Brandon Jennings. Like, uh, our man... I, I, I will tell you, that is a real thing that someone retweeted uh, one of my Jennings-related tweets with. And do you know who it was? No, who? It was the man that created Friday Night Knicks himself, Robert Randolph. Of, of Robert Randolph and the Family Band. He, uh, Robert Randolph coming out with the 4th of July, extremely strong Knicks going to the ECF take. Yep, uh, he was saying that last night, but basically before, that the Knicks were the second-best team in the East now, uh, and, and now with Brandon Jennings, he has said that they're going to uh, win the Eastern Conference Finals, and and they're the, I guess he now thinks they're the best team in the East. Um, he, he retweeted uh, and, and quoted one of my tweets while I was trying to work out the financials of the, of the Jennings deal here, and look, that's his opinion. The man sings Friday Night Knicks, after all. He's, he's got opinions. It's a, it's a, it's a, he has a take chambered, and he came out with it. As long as it's a strong take, 
you got to respect it. That's my point of view. Who am I to tell Robert Randolph that he's wrong about something? The dude has a family band. I don't have a family band. No, 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 no. You don't even have a polka band. I, I couldn't play any instruments if somebody played them for me. You don't even have, like, one one sad, pimply kid playing a sad... You know, I don't have any kids. No, that you know of. No, I, I don't have any kids. <laughs> <laughs> Sources say you don't have any kids. Yeah, well, Sources uh, close to Jared Dubin say he has zero offspring. That seems like as good a place as any to, ra to wrap this bad boy up. Uh, Robert, you got anything you want to promote real quick? Yeah, I've got an article dropping um, tomorrow, uh, I believe, assuming it gets through final edits and the lawyers, which I think will be very interesting, um, about sports. And uh, some unseemly behavior by... Wait a minute. It's about sports? It's about sports ball. It's, it's, it's somewhat about sports. But it's mainly about some possibly... Uh, some behavior close to disseminating child pornography on one of our favorite uh, websites. Is it about sports or sports? It's about sports. With a T? Um, no, it's about sports. Okay, but it's, with a it's still also about very, very touchy, gray area, almost child pornographer, pornographic-like material being disseminated online. Well, and that, also relates to sports, but that should be coming tomorrow. It doesn't sound uh, <laughs> great, but I'm sure the actual article will be very good. And um, you can also find Robert on Twitter. It's at Bob Sayeta, correct? Yeah, you got it. It S A. I-E-T-T-A on the end of that. And he does a lot of work at Vocative. You can find me on Twitter at jadubin 5 uh, My email address is also on there if you want to get in touch with me, either to have a question answered on the show or to advertise on the podcast as well. Real quickly here, folks, we are going to have a little bit of an extension to this podcast to talk about the news that Langston Galloway's qualifying offer has been rescinded by the Knicks. All right, we're back very quickly because ESPN's Ian Begley has just tweeted out some information that the Knicks have rescinded their $2.7 million qualifying offer to Langston Galloway. So it looks like uh, they're going to sign Jennings into that remainder of the cap space, and um, they have not renounced the rights to Lance Thomas, so they can still sign him to an early bird contract that starts around $6.2 million a year. But uh, the Jennings signing means that Galloway is no longer going to be on the team. So we're going to discuss that a little bit more with Bob right now, too. Yeah, that's 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 upsetting. I, I always liked Langston. I thought he was a, a good. He could develop into a solid third combo guard. But honestly, I, I bet you someone's offering seven million a year to Langston. I bet you someone's got a deal starting at six that might escalate. Yeah, well, if it started at six and escalated. Um, you know, the Knicks still could have matched on that. They could have, but I think they're very clear. I think what's become clear with this signing and the Rose trade is that they are very serious about hoarding space for 2017. Yeah, although, you know, the level of serious they are depends on, you know, they, they did give a whole lot of money to Noah and Courtney Lee next that year. That they did. That they but did. obviously they view those guys as part of what should be their core for the next four years, where I guess they did not view Galloway. Uh, yeah, uh, it's... 
I think it depends on what price tag that ends up with. Uh, again, considering the level of sal, I, I certainly, if someone's paying Ish Smith six million, I wouldn't be surprised if someone's paying. They just if someone's paying Langston Galloway. If someone offered Langston Galloway three years and twenty one. Well, he's subject to the the Gilbert Arenas provision, which right. means teams can offer him a contract starting at essentially the mid level exception for the first two years, and then years three and four can rise up basically to his maximum if they wanted to. Right, the Tyler Johnson deal. That Tyler Johnson deal, the the deal that teams could have signed Jordan Clarkson to, but the Lakers wound up signing him with their cap space instead. Right, but, and of course the infamous Jeremy Lin deal, which, right. the which, which people mistakenly called a poison pill when it was actually a, a Gilbert Arenas provision deal. Yes. Which the po- I'm not going to go into the difference between the Arenas provision and poison pill. Um, but I, I will say Galloway, you know, I think they will miss him a little bit off the bench because, you know, right now they don't have any point guard really that can defend the position, no. and, and you know the the best defenders they have, I guess, at the guard spots, are. It's just Courtney Lee. Right. It's it's Lee and like Justin Holiday is an intriguing guy, but we haven't really seen him play yeah. at NBA level for any length of time. And, and and people will get what about Ron Baker? Well, you know he's not even a, he's not even a guaranteed contract. Like he might not even be on the team. You know what I want the Knicks to pick up? Just to loop back to Knicks summer league stars, Mo Endor. Mo Endor. That would be interesting. Yeah, sorry, Mo Endor. I mispronounced his name, but Mo Endor. Yeah, I mean, look, he got hurt last year, and the Mavs wound up cutting their ties with him. You know, who knows if he's back healthy? He he was not on the Knicks summer league team though. So. I felt like that's a tough squad to crack. That's that's quite the bar to clear to make it on the Knicks summer league team. I right. believe a pitted, a, they almost signed a pitted olive, but that the pitted olive just didn't. Make oh god. Any anyway, you know now that that Galloway has officially been renounced, you know they rescinded his qualifying offer. I would imagine this means they are going to re-sign Lance Thomas at some point to some sort of early bird rights contract, and yeah. and I would assume that it also means they're going to try to bring over. Willie Hernan Gomez, whether they do that with, uh, you know, a couple million or so in cap space or right. through the room exception, you know, it's if they could do it, you know, him I, with I, one or the other and then somebody else that's not a veteran's minimum guy for one or the other, I, I imagine be, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I, I, you have to assume that Phil is still working very hard to try to shed Kylo Quinn's contract. Yeah, that, that had been something that is being lightly rumored, I guess. Yeah. But that was sort of before they went out and signed Jennings. You know, it was being talked about insofar as, you know, they can trade O'Quinn into somebody's cap space, create a little bit more room to sign a backup point guard. I, I'm but, uh, look, O'Quinn right now has an unbelievably affordable contract compared to what's being thrown around out there. Sure, if even, can, if, even if you say he's just a fourth or fifth big man type, you know, Dwight Powell just got four years, $29 million, or 30, yeah. whatever it was, 39, four years, 30, yeah, I, I 37 think, million. Yeah, if you're, if you're trading Kylo Quinn just to get $4 million worth of space, I'm, I, I, that has to mean that you think Willie Herman Gomez can produce right now because he's suddenly your fourth big if you dump Kylo Quinn. Fourth? Who's yeah, the third? I'm, I'm including Melo as a power forward. Right. He's well, get yeah. there. and, and sure, so will Lance Thomas. You would assume so as Thomas. as long as they bring him back. Right. Yeah. Um, 
somewhere because right now he's your third. Somewhere you, it means you think that Hernan Gomez can contribute right away, and that would be awesome. But it's a, you know you never know. I right. mean, he's, he is that the transition from playing in the Spanish league to the NBA is sometimes it takes a while. Uh, and again, I'm fine with Willie Hernan Gomez getting 10 to 15 minutes a night and maybe playing so-so or even not that great or, or even Kylo Quinn last year leveled ball. Uh, I think it's worth it to find out. But I think Kylo Quinn, unless you've got someone that you specifically want to slot into those $4 million, and again, $4 million doesn't buy you a lot, then I'm not sure why you're moving, why the desperation to move him right now. No, me neither. Um, anyway, on, on a personal note about Galloway, I'll miss him in the locker room because... He was legitimately the only guy on the team last year that was available in the locker room before every single game talk. At, at least at home games. I, I don't travel, and, you know, I, I do my, my coverage from, you know, the Garden and Barclays, and right. Galloway was definitely the only guy that was in the locker room every single game available to talk to whoever wanted to talk to him. You know, there were guys, Aaron Aflalo would come in for a few minutes before the game, and if you caught him while he was grabbing... His jersey to go change, you could talk to him. Lance Thomas would come in before chapel, and if you caught him before that, you could talk to him. Lou Amundsen would sit there every once in a while, and you could talk to him. Most other guys were not really in the locker room. Langston Galloway was there every single game, and I really appreciated that. I, I, have, I have a Langston Galloway anecdote also. Um, I was writing something for The Guardian about a year and a half ago. Uh, and so I went to a Knicks game in early January against the Bucks. And this was the 2014-2015 Knicks, so they got blown out by 25 points. Um, and after the game, uh, uh, Thanasis Antetokounmpo and Langston Galloway had come up from Westchester to watch Giannis play at Madison Square Garden. And Thanasis and Giannis were goofing around and, and, and talking in Greek in center court. And so I sort of wandered over the sideline and said hello to Langston Galloway. And... I said, I said to him, I go, you know, I hear the rumors that uh, that you might get called up, and this is before he got his first ten day. And he goes, he sort of like smiles and he looks at the floor and he goes, yeah, yeah. And I go, you know, I think that'd be great. You know, what do you feel about um, about your chances at the NBA? And he just looked at me and smiled and he said, it would be everything. And, and it didn't make it in the article because it was a Giannis profile, but it was a really sweet moment with him. That's pretty cool. I think that's as yeah. good a place as any to end uh, the brief discussion. On Langston Galloway, who, you know, in all likelihood will not be with the Knicks next year. They did rescind his qualifying offer. It's possible they could re-sign him, but, you know, at this point, that's probably not going to happen. 